Welcome to CII Podcasts. Hello everyone, this is Jayan Sriram and I'll be your host for today. Welcome to another interesting episode of the CII Podcast. And today's topic for discussion is aligning clean air and climate action. All of us know that air pollution is a major global problem today. A problem that is not only aggravating existing health problems among people, but is also leading to environmental issues including damaged forests and crops, which is impacting the entire value chain and core business operations. As nations get together at the ongoing COP27 to mitigate the climate crisis, the discussion around reducing pollution becomes increasingly essential. So in what ways does air pollution pose a challenge for Indian businesses? What is the role of clean energy and energy efficiency for having cleaner air and a cooler planet? Can the integration of reduction targets for criteria pollutants with net zero emission reduction targets help businesses cap their air pollutant emissions? These are the topics we'll take up today in discussion with Nitin Prasad, Chairman of the CII Cleaner Air Better Life Initiative and Chairman of Shell India. Nitin is a dynamic and an accomplished business leader with over 20 years of cross-cultural professional experience, spanning industries from technology to energy across geographies. A Fortune 40 Under 40 awardee, Nitin has a proven track record of managing large, diverse global teams, developing strategy, innovating and leading change across cross-functional and multi-jurisdictional roles. He also serves on the FIPI Governing Council, USIBC Advisory Committee, India 2022 Executive Committee, and is an active participant in several other forums. He is also one of the co-founders of the recently created Industrial Decarbonization Coalition. It's great to have you on the show, Nitin. Thanks, Janet. Great to be here. So I want to start, Nitin, by asking you, um, as a business leader, how do you reflect on air pollution as a problem and as a challenge for Indian businesses? And what motivated you to drive action towards clean air? This is a you know very broad question, but I think this will kind of help set context for the discussion ahead. Yeah, thanks, Chant, and thanks for teeing up. And I think you said that really well. I think it's really important that we all acknowledge the context of what air pollution means. Um, and just to give you a few statistics and, and facts uh, that are there, air pollution is actually the world's biggest environmental health threat and it accounts for almost 7 million deaths around the world every year. Now put that in context that exceeds the death toll from the pandemic right and this is every year Uh, and the world WHO the World Health Organization's data shows that most of the global population about 99% breathes polluted air with low and middle income uh, countries suffering the most Uh, because they have the highest exposure. And so you can imagine that it's not only the health impact, but it also exasperates the income inequalities um, uh, between developed countries and and developing nations and growth nations. So what are some of the the issues that that we suffer from? Well, air pollution causes and exasperates several diseases. So uh, ranging from asthma to cancer to pulmonary illnesses and heart disease. And in fact, exposure to air pollution is is perhaps a more important risk factor for major non-communicable diseases than we had previously thought. In India, in 2019, there is an estimated 1.2 million air pollution 
related uh, premature deaths and you can imagine that that this exceeds any other uh, known cause of uh, uh, in in terms of uh, loss of life but here's the thing you know um, it's not just the the health and the moral aspect but actually the impacts of air pollution uh, also disturb some of the the ecological environment around us of course in the birds and uh, and other pollinators and bees and so forth um but it also has a direct impact on on business productivity uh, we did a study and an analysis that came back and showed that it is already costing indian business about 95 billion dollars uh, 7 lakh crores roughly every fiscal year and that's about around 3% of india's total gdp and and you see that we we have spoken to for example textile industries in in very heavy industrial clusters who will be able to come and tell us that that there are times of the day that they're not able to produce because of the particulate matter that that's in in the air around them or that they see uh you know the the productivity of their staff decline and they see an increase in uh people who who are ill and have to stay home so yeah, this is a a pretty major problem that that we need to come back and and deal with um and this is also a, a highly cross sectoral problem because i because there's no silver bullet uh in terms of where the source of the challenge really is uh, it spreads across sectors from agriculture residential industrial transportation and, and all of us need to come back and and play our our different roles uh to be able to come back and deal with a challenge like this um and business being you know one of the key drivers of economy i personally feel and and a lot of my colleagues in in the cii committee for the air pollution uh also believe it's their obligation to stand up and join hand in hand in in fighting air pollution so we perceive these risks uh, as as opportunities and and motivation to alter our existing business models uh to minimize or eliminate ambient air pollution right thank you i think that was very well articulated both on the harmful effects and the problems that uh, air pollution is causing in a broader sense but also the fact that this is a you know highly cross sectoral problem and you know of course there are um battling air pollution will require efforts from many stakeholders but as you said um business um you know as the key drivers of the economy there is an obligation to stand up and you know join this fight So uh what are the various activities and steps that you've been taking at CII and you know was it challenging to mobilize the business fraternity towards this cause Yeah no thanks look the quick answer to the question was that it was not actually a challenge at all and and I'll give you some of the numbers in terms of the size that's there um but you know you know the vision of the CII national initiative for for cleaner air better life is to provide cleaner air and a better quality of life to every indian citizen by involving industry leaders to take concrete steps to curb air pollution across india i've had the privilege to chair this uh, the cii cleaner air better life initiative uh, for the last couple of years and i we really have been able to build a close knit community of business leaders to who are really committed uh, to come back and and take action Uh this was founded by about 17 business leader members coming together in 2019 and today you know through a lot of hard work we have over 100 CEOs who have signed the CEOs declaration for clean air and committed themselves to to cleaner action now you know we can come back and say that that you know a lot of this is structure and and paperwork but but I think it's really important that 
one of the first steps in, in handling a cross-sectoral problem that we had like this is that we get the alignment across all the range of business leaders who are there and we are all committed and we all agreed to do that. So getting 100 CEOs who are representatives of some of the largest uh, companies in India, uh, this, this is big and this is material. And the forum over the last couple of years there, then has been able to you know, provide a much needed avenue to discuss solution amongst us to, to, to a, take a look at new ideas and really start to act on air pollution. And it's early days and, and this is a, a systemic problem, it takes time. But I think you're already starting to see some of the gains and benefits uh, that are starting to come through. Um, you know, it's still a big challenge, uh, especially as we are just coming out of, you know, the peak, you know, air pollution season in Delhi. But equally, if, if as you would have maybe experienced, as I've experienced, as, uh, and it has been better. Uh, there has been action uh, that is being taken. There's a lot more to do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that we have solved the problem. But we, you know, taking some of those steps uh, have come back and helped. Now, what are some of those steps? Well, for example, there are things like crop residue management, uh, which started as a pilot program in 19 villages in 2018 uh, and has, has grown to about 300 villages in 2022. A drop in the ocean, but it is a concerted effort to, to train a farmer, to take them forward you know, in a 24-7 advisory support to address te technology, uh, technology viability gaps and and what are the farm tools and the community tool banks that are needed to come back and scale this up the program was awarded the UNDP's SDG action award and the global development network for exceptional work to bring change at community sale and we have 85 percent of farmers adopting the sustainable practices in CII intervened areas now I said it's, it's a drop in the ocean and I acknowledge that 300 villages is a small fraction of the, of the villages in Punjab or Haryana or many of the surrounding states that we have to go through. But what it has demonstrated is that it is possible to come back and address the COP residue program. And so the next step for us is how do we scale a program like that uh, and take it and expand it across the tens of thousands of villages that we need to go through. Um, in February 2021, we also started an airshed management pilot project in, in indoor uh, and that has brought multiple and diverse stakeholders together such as the state regulators city agencies uh, a california air resources board as as a, as a subject matter expert iit delhi uh, and local institution indoor to come in and look at the metropolitan area and generate credible data and manage air pollution and this is again some of the things that we've learned in other geographies for example beijing which you know, in, in the last decade was notorious for its air pollution challenges. Uh, and the fact that they were able to create a, a network of data and have an informed public uh, meant that, you know, people started to take concrete actions in terms of the change that they wanted to see. You know, as a case in point, uh, you know, every school in, in Beijing is, is fitted out with an, uh, with an air monitoring system. Um, so that every child, every parent knows what the air quality is. And I think that's what we aspire to, to get to uh, in, the, in the metropolitan areas. And this is what this project in Indore is taking a look at. And the last piece I'll just talk about uh, is you know, recognizing that transportation is a major source of air pollution in, in urban areas. Uh, I, I don't recall the exact statistic, but somebody tells me that 20,000 trucks enter Delhi every night. Uh, 
you know, and, and we have a huge amount of goods movement that's there. And here we, we brought together, you know, 68 different diverse members across the mobility value chain, which is taking a look at how do you scale clean mobility solutions. Um, and it's not necessarily just a, an EV answer because, you know, as we would all sort of come back and understand, EVs is not necessarily a, a solution that, that we can put in place for goods movement along the way. So we need other solutions that comes in and, and you know takes a look at all mobility, uh, whether it's buses or passenger cars or bikes or three-wheelers or tractors or, or trucks and, and to, to deploy the full range of, of solutions that's there. Um, and, and we must come back and, and build that out um, and, and take it forward. And even in the EV space, you know, we must have acknowledged that, you know, an EV with, you know, which encourages more coal-based power usage is, is not where we would want to go. So, so an EV, which is solar-packed, um, is, is a space to, to take a look at. You know, so for example, one of the things that, you know, Shella has, has done and, and been quite conscious about is we launched our recharge business, which is our EV charging business that's there. And we've made sure that, you know, 100% of the electricity that we provide is renewable. Um, now, that, that's really important as, as, and we would encourage more people to come back and, and take it forward uh, in terms of that, that is the type of solution that we need to, to, to take forward. So getting traction from business has, has been a, a challenging task. Uh, all credit to the CII to really help to continue to make this happen. It was especially challenging during the time of pandemic because we clearly had another challenge to take a look at. And, and frankly, with the reduction in, in movement and, and, and transportation and, and industrial activity, we actually had some of the cleanest airs, uh, you know, for in the past couple of decades. Um, but very clearly that is now a, a focus. Uh, everyone is, is, is committed and, and almost recommitted to come back and, and uh, take, a, take a look at the challenge. What is a great gain is, is two aspects from, from the pandemic. And this has made the task a little bit easier in a post-pandemic world. One is that it actually has given time for the rise of a very robust entrepreneurial and startup ecosystem. So we have a number of players who've come up who are you know, developing uh, amazing solutions to solve some of the bigger problems that's there. And, and it's given that the that two years for them to, to develop their ideas uh, uh, and really take them into demonstration phase. So in that sense, that there's, there's quite a silver lining in terms of the solution space, the technology solution space uh, and the entrepreneurial activity. But the other part that's there uh, and is just recognizing that, you know, systemic case for change uh, and the ability to make a big impact is possible. Um, you know, if we can come back and, and vaccinate uh, and provide billions of, of vaccines, uh, then I think collective action can deliver a cleaner air in India for everybody. Yeah, thank you so much once again for that answer. Um, we covered a lot there, I think. I mean, we, we spoke about crop resource management, air shed management, um, then we spoke about transport and electronic vehicles, which again goes to show, you know, the, the very broad scope of the problem that we're, that we're talking about. And, um, you know, I just wanted to ask you, it's, it's, it's interesting because you know, when we think of um, when we think of clean air action, that kind of registers as an immediate problem. You know, we're, we're doing this podcast in Delhi, and it's a very immediate problem here. So, you know, that's something that people connect to, um, you know, more more viscerally, perhaps. And as again, something like climate change, which which historically 
it's been it's been difficult to sort of build and mobilize action around it because it's something that people can't imagine in the immediate um but you know how do you what what are your thoughts on how you know climate action can be linked with cleaner action and what are the possible avenues to align the two yeah thanks and and a really good observation because you're absolutely spot on you know you know you know in delhi as as you say you we can drive around and we see you know socks knocks and and pm 2.5 monitoring stations and the data is flash uh you know across the the space uh but you're absolutely right we do we don't do that much in on co2 um and the impact of co2 um you know it is 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 a very structural and 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 in the climatic weather pattern shift that's there of course we feel the consequences and the impacts of that uh you know uh, in in terms of the weather volatility that we see um so it's not just about global warming it's actually about an increase in in you know things like the hurricane impacts the drought zones forest the fires you know and and it it's just this range of of weather impacts and, and effects that we're seeing now uh come in and 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 of course it impacts us and you can pick any year in in the last you know couple of years and we've had a, a fairly major sort of impact in the country from from some anomalous weather pattern um before and, and I don't I don't recall a time when it was so frequent that on an annual basis you come to expect some form of of a weather anomaly coming as playback but to your point so air, air pollution and climate change are inherently linked uh because of course the combustion combustion sources are uh, are similar so whether you know you talk about you know uh the sox nox and 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 pm 2.5 that may emit from the heavy industrial activity that we do well that's also one of the biggest emitters from co2 point of view uh, i talked about transportation same thing applies uh, on on both sides hence it's quite you know while while the while we check and measure and monitor two different aspects of it the good news is that the in, in abatement initiatives whether it's on efficiency or or or, or taking a look at alternatives um it will actually come back and and support both sides uh or both on the on the air pollution side uh, as well as have a a climate co-benefit uh you know so so you, both sides will work in and we do see for example levels of ground level ozone is 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 increasing with rising temperatures and it is found to be highly detrimental to human health and that's the other thing that that is coming in uh you know so i was uh i was you know looking at my uh, i'm sure you may have one too you know we we all now have these monitors at home for indoor air pollution um and and of course one of the one of the things that's there is co2 measurement inside the rooms um which you know is starting to get to to be quite quite a bit higher than than i've seen in the past um and i talked about some of the rising temperatures and the wildfires and some of the impact that's there um the ipc report came back and and talked about global warming at 1.5 degrees um and does stress that deep reductions in non co2 anthropogenic emissions such as black carbon aerosols or their precursors like sox and nox are crucial from climate perspectives as well as ambient air perspectives so even in in some of our climate reports and all there is a a, a very strong recognition on the connectedness between the two sides of what we do over there so the integrated actions can provide an Im- impetus uh for cleaner air and a cooler planet um and this will sort of prevent climate from reaching the tipping points 
as well as achieving real world benefits of better health and productivity so in many ways this is one of the messages that we we share with the signatories um because to recognize that the changes that we need to do in the business activity and in the transportation the movement of kids goods is going to have uh, benefits again not just in their business productivity as i talked about you know in the first question in the health and the environmental benefits but also in the medium and longer term the climate benefits uh, that that we all need to play our roles in right thank you i think that was a really interesting way to uh, to answer the question and um if i could if i could just sort of you know perhaps take this conversation to a you know to perhaps a slightly more technical area uh, would you you know we have reduction targets would you suggest the integration of reduction targets for criteria pollutants with net zero emission reduction targets and you know how can this help businesses to address and cap their air pollutant emissions yeah thanks uh, another really good question and and the answer to that one is is not a simplified yes or no and it's probably a yes and no um so so let me just sort of come back and qualify that um i think having a target um and and having a, a clear goal and and an ambition which is grounded very much in in the environment that we want to create for our citizens is absolutely a useful thing to do because you know if we if we measure it we track it we take a look at it um then we will we will be have that single minded focus in terms of what we need to come and do to come back and and deliver it um so targets are good uh targets are are helpful uh and creating the the tracking measurement and reporting and verification infrastructure as well as the compliance uh, and uh, empowering the the state pollution control boards to come back and 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 you know have penalties against that is all things that we would come back and and support but one of the things that that I would just be a little bit cautious about and why I said no is because net zero is 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 a complicated point that ultimately you know is is a combination of uh, a decades long effort to come and and reduce what the emissions is and i think that you know countries have demonstrated that we don't actually have the time nor do we really sh- sh- need the time to come back and and make an impact on air pollution um and therefore you know coming and suggesting that there is a net zero concept in air pollution is is yeah is perhaps you know a step that that's much further away i think it it's really important that you know we we begin by just simply saying that we will not you know we will create a a city for example in delhi where 365 days of the year we are not going to be in the severe and very poor environment we let's just start to be in you know a few months in poor and and for the rest of the time average and and good and whatever the other categories are there yeah um and and i think you know if you are just able to make that move forward right uh we will already start to save the the millions of lives that i spoke about uh, that's there so i think i you know i i think i would not want to mix those things too much at the risk of losing the sense of urgency uh, that's absolutely needed on air pollution at this point in time Yeah thank you and I think uh, that's really interesting because it's you know it speaks to the kind of incremental improvements that people can perhaps relate with it's uh, it's a little far fetched to from where we are to say you know when when you talk about a target of net zero emissions so um I thank you so much for that answer I kind of want to circle back to 
um something that we touched upon in a previous answer but you know p- perhaps with a little bit more focus um what is the role of clean energy and energy efficiency do you think for uh, cleaner air and um, you know ultimately having a cooler planet yeah it's it's an incredibly big role uh, energy production and, and use uh, as as in in combustion in in many of the end uses in industrial or in transportation is the largest source of anthropogenic air pollution in the world so for instance coal use is predominantly responsible for sulfur dioxide emissions emitting 10 kilotons of of so2 per million tons of oil equivalent uh, of coal uh, and accounting for more than half the energy related so2 emissions so you just have this in this case one application and use of a fossil fuel accounting for 50% of the of the so2 the emissions that are there power plants in the periphery of of delhi ncr you know and much has been made of of you know the the fact that some of them are decades you know 60 70 year old coal plants uh contribute up to 90% of the so2 emissions that's observed in delhi ncr yeah so transition to clean energy is inevitable and if we want to realize the net zero economy but the path to clean energy is full of uncertainties as clean options are not yet available um and or they're not so sort of uh, cost effective but i think there is a, a case to be done to to take it as a sequence of steps as, and transitions that that we that we go through um so for example uh you know just in terms of you know switching the the fossil fuel source uh in you know from from coal to to gas as, as an interim this by itself is going to significantly improve the air quality aspects uh that that we need to take a look at yeah um while we wait for a world that where we can legitimately have uh solar wind renewables which is of course battery backed or something else so you can have a 24 by 7 uh available to us and and this is where we need to think, recognize that we have to take these things in steps and stages this is not about slowing the progress to to get there but this is this is about getting there in a manner that that is acceptable to all of us so you know what what does that mean so for example you know you take a look at what's happened in in europe because of the ukraine war and and, and the significant reduction in fossil fuel availability in europe electricity home prices have tripled uh in in germany and uk and other parts now that that's because they you know they they have a free market structure they you know the the renewables prices have gone through the roof things are there even more capital has to be deployed uh is that something that we are willing to come back and accept or not uh and the argument i believe is that you know that is just another form of of inflation link challenges which would we we just not be able to digest and will create more challenges that's there hence we have to take this in a in a much more measured way um of course transportation uh you know we've spoken about this a couple of times there has been a rapid uptake of electric vehicles uh you know with i think 10 million vehicles worldwide uh you know in 2020 um and that's because of the, the various policy announcements to phase out sale of gasoline and diesel vehicles but but let's be clear 10 million vehicles is only uh zero uh, in in the light vehicle space this is only 0.2% of the vehicles that are on the road right now so we have a long way to go uh to come back and take a look at it and, and, and india and otherwise i mean you see vehicles on the road for 15 years and beyond um 
So we have to change that whole vehicle park uh, before we could get there. Energy efficiency, I think, has the has an immediate role to play, and I'm, and I'm really glad you just sort of you know asked that question because because here is a space where well, frankly, actually, India does a very good job. Yeah, you know, they we we are quite efficient in how we use our energy in various industrial activity, um, but I think we can do so much more. And this is something that is just here and now. It is an immediate 15 to 20 percent gain, both on on air pollution as well as in emissions, by just being more efficient on on what we do and how we do it. Um, and this is something I, I think we can all come back and do. And we've seen this. We've seen this in the lighting, uh, with the adoption from incandescent to CFLs to LEDs. Now, massive drop. In terms of the uh, you know uh, and gains in the efficiency and drop in the in the emissions and associated uh, uh, associated with that. Now we are talking about air conditioning and and again you know changing the the, the base level of air conditioning is is another step in terms of energy efficiency that can help uh, tremendously. So we're going to need concerted efforts across all sectors. Um, you know governments as well as the private sector to to deliver some of the clean energy solution that's needed um, and I think this is going to require you know some changes to how we function so for example ensuring adequate access to capital uh, is available to change makers and innovators and this can be startup or but also people who are wanting to scale some of these solutions de-risking of business investment in new technologies I mean some of these new technologies are are in our in our parlance and language is is you know is low technology technology readiness uh, in that we still have to demonstrate, uh, you know, that that they can actually scale and, and provide the solutions that we expect, and, and so we need to, you know, accelerate that process in terms of how we how and when can we bring these capabilities uh, to the market. Um, there is a need to take a look at promoting R and D uh, in some particular spaces, and because they are. You know, electrification, for example, is not a solution everywhere, and we need to take a look at a broader base of solutions. And of course, in you know, international partnerships to enable technology transfer. You know, there is capability in in different geographies and different worlds. And if I we put our collective efforts together uh, across geographical boundaries, I think we can come back and and make a, a lot of change happen. So it's just, just a long answer to to your question, but. Um, you know, a, a lot to do and, and a lot can be done to come in and really make that that impact uh, in terms of uh, a, a, the role that clean energy can play to improving air, air pollution and, of course, as we discussed earlier, climate change. Yeah, thank you. Again, I think that that was an answer that packed in a lot and it was really interesting. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Nathan, in terms of um, risks and opportunities, um, do you think India has conducive regulations and you know policy frameworks in place which would be required to sort of you know facilitate uh, the transition that we're going to see in terms of you know um, new technologies and other things um, what are the potential gaps you want to highlight here that you know that can maybe aid Indian businesses and that should be addressed by the government yeah it, it's it's interesting right I mean because uh... Uh, you know, our, our instinctive reaction is very much on, on more policy. Uh, you know, should be should be there, but uh, but the reality is is that you know IEA's latest analysis of India's energy and climate policy shows that if the current air pollution and climate measures 
if it's fully implemented yeah could you improve air quality um but yeah it's insufficient to to come back and deliver the healthy levels so there is you know there is uh, two aspects to that particular answer you know one is are we getting the implementation from the existing policies that we really have right um and this is down to the the execution and 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 how do we come back and and have regulators and and compliance against that but even acknowledging that we're not able to cross that first step it is it is fair to say that yeah we probably then need more policy beyond that um to come in and deliver the benefits that we need to see uh so that we have a clean air environment uh that's there now this is i think something that uh we need to sort of find a way way forward on because there's also no point asking for more policy if the implementation is is again going to go down the pathway of of uh it being ineffective uh because, you know then then we just have more policy upon policy uh going forward so i i really hope that the emphasis here is going to be you know taking a look at you know having some coherent policy packages given the complexity of a clean energy transitions um that that's going to come back and deliver the changes that we need to see uh at the pace that we need the uh, that we need to come back and see it um and captive power can could be included in all power sector uh, decisions you know if you wanted to, to come back and and take a look at you know as, as transitions and of of that particular nature so i i think it's important that policy makers recognize that in many sectors there are synergies between air pollution and climate policy objectives and acknowledging these synergies in the design and implementation of future policy frameworks i think will provide a more impactful response to the the current pressing national health and environmental challenges but equally gives us a fantastic pathway uh and and offers great potential for our forward global fight on climate change right and i think that's a, that's a perfect segue to um to to kind of get to our last question which is you know where we started but that you know cop 27 is currently going on um do you want to highlight to the government or you know can be any specific messages to those attending um on and you know who might be speaking on climate change negotiations at uh, cop 27 yeah thank you uh, and look i think uh, i think the first thing we must come back and and uh, recognize and appreciate is is india has has made tremendous steps and strides uh in terms of it's it's both the air pollution side as well as the uh, uh the climate change side arguably we probably have done a lot more on the climate change side than on the air pollution side and and uh, and this is where we need to come back and and balance our efforts and and take a look at what can we come back and do but you know in, in we've done uh, lots of scenarios work that has taken a look at the future of india in a 2050 60 70 sort of world and examine the pace of change uh from an emissions point of view um and and what we clearly see is that you know the the pace that india was going at um has dramatically shifted and the acceleration of of adoption of clean energy and alternative technology has increased um you know substantially faster than than anybody projected 10 years or 5 years ago and and we update these and you know on on an every you know 4 or 5 year basis say right? 
um and and so we're seeing uh, already a tremendous acceleration and and we should all collectively uh you know congratulate the country and and the lawmakers uh for for the changes that we're coming back and seeing but the thing is is that you know the the pace of change for us to continue to accelerate to continue to grow to continue to develop as as economy we can't do this without the the help and support uh that's needed um from the other geographies across the world um and this has been well articulated in in terms of whether it's from the financing and the capital deployment or whether it's from the technology transfer and the capabilities uh, that's needed there um it it's also just simply from the learnings that other geographies have have come back and and taken forward what is is perhaps you know unacceptable to to anybody and any one of us is to come back and ignore the 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 aspirations of over a billion indians who are who expect to have jobs and livelihoods and 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 expect to see the rate of economic growth uh, in in their lives uh, um and to see the benefits of that whether it's from health or prosperity or education and other any other way that you come back and and measure it um so you know in india is is going to take a pathway um that is quite unique uh because most the other countries in, in the world who have crossed us on on a gdp basis have have done it in a formula that frankly we cannot adopt uh because the implications of that will will will, will be the tipping point of a, of the of the climate uh, uh debate and and there again i i think you know acknowledging our climate responsibility which we have done um to to not tip the world over uh, on climate change i think is a is a fantastic sort of step forward um but you know it, you know it, it's also one of those ones where you know, it, we need the world to acknowledge uh that india is at that that the country that can tip us um and therefore you know it needs the support uh and the infrastructure support and the development support to come back and and ba- balance the the aspirational challenges uh of the of the country's population with the the need to to ensure that uh that we we do it in a manner that's sustainable and and clean and climate that's there and i think we really do need to come back and and see the support that's there um the one last point i'll come back and say and this is this is of course on all on climate um and and we do need to sort of uh, you know get the all the nations to commit to this and make it a priority on air pollution you know policies on air, to reduce air pollution i think they offer a win-win strategy for both people and the planet right um and i think you know it, it's a tremendous thing to do because lowering the burden of disease and attributed to air pollution lowering the 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 impact and and the implication on the healthcare system improving the productivity uh of of individuals uh, and our businesses you know all of it is is all sort of you know an opportunity that's available to us to to come back and uh in, in that sense recognize that there there is no cost value trade off here right there's only a win win you know because if we can address air pollution we will we will emerge as a stronger better more productive uh, uh economy going forward and this i think is if you will the singular message that i would really like people to understand
Right. Thank you so much once again. I think that was a very interesting way to articulate the Indian position and the uh, the other issues also at stake at this round of negotiations. We'll wrap up this conversation um, here today, Nitin. I'd like to thank you for a very informative chat, and uh, thank you so much for making time to join us on the CII podcast. Yeah. Thanks very much, Chance. Thank you for listening to CII podcasts.